thank you Lord that wisdom comes with understanding and we bless you we thank you for understanding in Jesus name amen praise God amen so we're talking about God's husbandry and uh, that's a, uh, a, um, a unique way of saying uh, sowing and reaping and harvesting because that's, that is the foundational um, parable of the kingdom and uh uh, I think when you think about it, it goes back to our original purpose when God placed uh, Adam in the garden. He was placed there to till the soil. Remember, to tend the garden and to uh, make sure you know there was uh, there was no rain there because they said there was not a man to till the soil. So rain came for man. Rain came for us. We were here first and then God provided rain to accommodate the um, the husbandry that he would set forth as the way of taking care of things. Now we're not sure how Adam actually tended the garden. We think since he was made in God's image he did it mostly with words. Hmm? did it mostly with words and so then when the harvest came what he did was he plucked enough from the trees for his own sustenance now, you know that he uh, until sin came in the world there was no life taken uh, for food or for any other purpose it was just all <coughs> vegetarian that's why vegetarians now have this uh, religious kind of there's a religious thing around it still as being a superior way of living even though it's not you know it's nothing really that wonderful about it it's just and I think sometimes people who are um, religious tend to be a little more careful about what they eat how they dress all that kind of stuff anyway uh, so Paul says there is some wisdom there if you worship God from your will he said and will worship you know but we worship him in spirit and in truth so you don't worship God from your will you worship him from your spirit and your spirit controls your will hopefully now by the word and so there's a a big difference there but you'll find that people will often go back to that uh, vegetarian way of eating and then they have a disdain for people who eat meat so whenever there's a a, uh, a morality drawn that's not from God's word uh, you can find some trouble there you know the enemy's done that and he's planted trouble in there and it's going to be trouble for them because as long as people hold on to religion they'll miss the one true and living God it's just something for you to do to make you feel like you're you're better or you're holy or whatever you're trying to do you're elevated some kind of way by your own works Uh, so we know that it's one work that was done at Calvary that's kind of made us who we are and it's not anything that we we eat Jesus solved that riddle already with the Pharisees they didn't understand it they're still scratching their heads and trying to get people to believe that it's what you eat that makes you different from everybody else we know that's not true so anyway God did find uh, he did make rain for us rain was created for us and it was created so that we we wouldn't have been limited to living in that garden 
See, you could now, in God's idea was for people to increase, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, to, to move out from that one location to the uttermost parts of the earth the way he's commanded us to do with the Great Commission. And so uh, as we go in, in obedience to God, then we find that we can spread out all over the earth. Well, if you spread out all over the earth, you're not in one location. You have to have a source for your seed to be, you know, for your seed to be fertilized and grow and so forth and so on. So God created rain to come down from the heavens to follow us and, and fertilize land wherever we went. So that you can go wherever. And same thing with, with where you go to live now. If you're in obedience to God, wherever you go, it'll be a blessing. You know, it'll be a harvest. It'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do something. Now I know sometimes people feel that if you're not in the will of God, your harvest won't be as great. And I do believe that. But I believe that the word will work for you no matter where you plant it. You know, it'll work for you no matter where. And I think sometimes God in, in his mercy, because he wants to direct you to a certain place, he will speak to you through the struggle that you might have with harvesting and living in that one area. Say for instance if you, you know, all your friends are moving to Atlanta and God's called you to do something and, and you get the idea, well, you know, things aren't that great here and, and we might as well move. Everybody else is going, you know, and they can get there and get jobs and have a good time and you struggle. Well, you get tired of struggling, you'll pray and say, well, God, did I do the right thing? Should I be here you know you'd be like Jonah you know eventually you get bounced out of the boat and you gotta help fend for yourself you know and you cry out to God and he'll start showing you no I didn't want you to go there because there's still harvest for you in the place that you left you have to be careful because you have sown in an area and you have uh, harvest coming in that area you have fruit being produced in that area and you must be careful that you don't leave your 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 vines untended you can't leave that untended mm-hmm. I know a lot of people you know ministers want to be an apostle and I'm called here and I'm called there but if you're leaving sheep to fend for themselves you know that's never God it's not God at all it's just a principle you don't you have to be responsible you have to show God you're responsible or you're going to have double trouble the last place, next place you go. If you're not faithful here, he's certainly not going to prosper and increase you. Now you may be doing some things in you, but you will never have what you, what you, disobedience and the permissive, what they call the permissive will of God. I don't know what that is, but you know, God can, will let you live. Period. You know, he's in covenant with you to take care of you. Just because he's, you're getting some prayers answered, that doesn't mean that if you would get to the place where he desires you to be, where his will is for you to be, that that won't increase. It's, it's just a, a principle. Why would God let people, why is he God if he's going to let you call a shot? 
You, you got me? Or he's going to let you run the first time trouble comes and you find a little hard. Or you know people persecute you or whatever is going on and you pack up and move on. Why would God let you prosper every place you go and it's okay and you just keep dropping what he has you do and you never see anything to completion. God's a God who finishes things. I was, uh, when we were, uh, um, last summer, there was a lady that was, um, staying at the hotel, we, you know, at the Hawthorne where we have, where the people stay, where we all stay. And we were having our meals there, and she would sit out every day, and, you know, we'd always have extra food, so she would always eat with us. And, uh, she had some family members there one day, and they were, and we had invited them to eat as well. They said, well, no, we, we, we're just, we ate a lot, and we're here for a funeral, and blah, this, blah, that. And so I was chatting with the lady, and I was telling her, she said, wow, she said, this is a church, you guys? She said, y'all come here? I said, yeah, we do our meetings, blah, this. So we were chatting, and she was telling me about, um, their church and she said well you know we were doing we we had a church but we don't have it anymore and I said really I said you know what happened and uh, she was saying that it was part of a um, uh, one of the ministers that that's on television I forget who it was or you know it doesn't really matter whose name it is but apparently what they do is they will start a church for them or for you know under their name so to speak and she said that they they had a young man assigned as our pastor she said and I just didn't really feel he knew a lot about the word you know she said and sometimes he would preach things and they didn't sound right if we would ask him about them you know he would say well I don't know everything about this all that she said and they they kept telling us we had to get a certain number of people and if we didn't get that number of people that they couldn't let us have a church anymore you see what I'm saying so what 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 starts out is what people think is a good idea to meet a demand if you're not going to be faithful in that why get anything started and it makes it a bad name for for God's people because now what people do feel with with a church and this is this is one of the things that the Catholic Church is struggling with now is that they're having to close down certain of their churches because they just don't have the membership, they don't have the support, and a lot of things have happened that has has kind of made them have to close down some churches and and the the handful of people that are left are adamant they want their church to still be there. And why is this so? Well, it's so because people look at the church as representing God and they want some stability. They don't, I mean, they can understand that we don't have the people, we don't have the, and people have scattered, they moved to the suburbs, and we'll, we're still in the old neighborhood, whatever it is. But they still want their church to be there simply because in times of trouble, they want to know where to come. They want to have something stable in their lives that they can depend on. Because there's so much that they can't depend on. And then if we as, as ministers, start giving them the impression that God's not interested in them 
See, this is this is really what it's saying is because because you do represent God. What it's saying is God's really not interested in them if they can't come up to a certain standard for Him. You know, and and it's like the 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 guy that used to feel the call of God and start having a Bible study in his living room until it grew and so forth and so on. Those days are pretty much over. You know, people just, I mean, if you do that anymore, people think there's something wrong because their idea of what church is is what they see on television now, you see. And so many times we're, we're having to work extra hard to make sure that we're staying faithful to God's word when the rest of the world seems to be going the other direction you know now I'm sure they don't think anything about well you know financially we couldn't keep it going and we didn't have enough people to pay the bills and blah this and blah that well why why get bothered, why be bothered with it at all you know if if you know that the, it might happen that these people would not have a church and would not have a pastor and what about that pastor that was called you know isn't he still called you know I mean why can't he the sheep just follow the pastor you know and and still have a church so it kind of kind of I was left with not a whole lot to say and I told her I said well you know I said boy that's really unfortunate I said you know I I would expect that that person could allow that church to grow just like their first church did you know I'm sure it didn't just come out of nowhere like that it grew from a, a group of interested people but it's amazing how People can want the things of God and not and reach out for them and not get them because of lack of faithfulness, you know. And, and so it's it's good to stick with what God stick where find out where He wants you to be and be there and be consistent and be faithful because that faithfulness brings with it its own reward. You know, it brings with it its own reward. I was uh, thinking about, um, uh, Avis was telling me she had gone to Donna. Her brother passed away about um, three weeks ago. She had been caring for him over a period of years. And um, uh, he had uh, ALS, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And, and But he lived quite a while. And I, I know that for the last at least three years, he watched the DVDs of our healing schools. And so when when he left, he just kind of left. He wasn't didn't struggle because and he wasn't paralyzed or anything when he's breathing he wasn't on a breathing machine at the end or anything like that he just went home to be with the lord but he was uh he was uh a driver for the uh, city bus system and they uh, retired his bus after he passed away <laughs> and the, the boss said he said well nobody ever did that job like he did and he said he he said he was never late and never absent he worked every single day and then when when uh, they were reading his uh, obituary they found out that he never missed a day of school you see so faithfulness is kind of built into people after a while it gets to be a personal standard and so I believe if if we have faithfulness as a personal standard is that I've committed to do this and I'm going to do this no matter what you think that when you think about it that must bring some benefits with it that we don't really think about 
you know, it's not just you can't do what you want to do all the time. You got to do this. That's not what the picture of faithfulness. Faithfulness is that you have committed to something. And if you commit to it, there's something that happens in your heart that that feeds your brain that makes you understand what commitment is. And you don't veer from that. Now think about this. Some kid that's never absent from school, if they've got a commitment in them, in them and it's fed, that must bring a certain level of health with it. Now think about it. How often do people not feel well enough to go to school or go to work? So there's got to be something in your faith to be faithful that overrides physical limitations. See, faithfulness is its own reward. It carries a reward with it. Because if you look in the Bible and God says, you know, he talks about this servant did this and this is well done, good, and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord. So if you're entering into the fruit of joy, that's a higher level fruit than peace contentment any of those other fruits so you must have you must be in God's God's vineyard anyway no doubt receiving other of the so quote unquote lesser fruits because joy is really the highest fruit that you can attain to to be honest with you and you think about what it does for you and you think about how it carries you through it makes it, it puts medicine in your heart the bible says it does the heart good like a medicine and so if you're you're in that overcoming position as a re, as a reward for faithfulness that's got to carry some other benefits in there that bring health to your body that bring contentment to your body that allow you to overcome any adversity that would try to hinder you from being faithful it makes you like a steamroller over excuses and firmity uh, anything that would deter from you being faithful but just because you committed in your heart to do something it's amazing how how this will work for us if we will grab on to these just basic concepts from God's word but I'm telling you that being consistent and being faithful must bring its own reward in some way because those people cannot be deterred from what they do I remember when I was in high school I think it was there was uh, this was during the civil rights movement before and it was in the 60's before the laws were really passed you know the civil rights act and all that was passed and people were still pressuring uh, the government and different senators and people like that to um, to pass these draft and pass civil rights acts that would allow people to vote everywhere you know and not have these crazy laws especially in the south the people you know the the devil will make you real stupid when he gets you onto the road of stupid he will make you real stupid and so they had all kind of crazy stupid laws they did tests that the whites couldn't pass they give them the blacks to you know they even give white people 
protesting <laughs> the blacks to pass so they could vote. All this stupid stuff. Well, that needed to be done away with. You know, anything stupid needs to be gotten rid of. And so what they would do would be to call for boycott. So they called for a boycott of all of the uh, the school system. In, in Cleveland. And so we were trying to see who was going to school, you know, that day. You know, did everybody boycott? So on graduation, we found out who showed up that day because they had perfect attendance. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But they, they, boy, you boycott if you want to, but I'm going to school. You got me? I mean, that's just how determined and faithful people were. And they had to put up with a lot of, you know, negative against them uh, you can't go to school are you going to school no I'm not going to school yeah I'm boycotting you slept late you know it was never a novelty to sleep late for some people because they take a day whenever they could but the people who were committed they went anyway See, they went anyway even against all that you know the tide of of social you know attitude was toward let's shut everything down until we get laws passed to make it fair for everybody but there are some people who in their heart faithfulness told them nope I go to school every day I've been going to school every day I'm not going to stop going every day so so anyway it was just kind of interesting we we finally saw who who got who got perfect attendance stand up <laughs> so it was revealed but uh, you know you have to give them credit for once they make a determination to do something they stick with it so and faithfulness does bring with it its own reward there is a joy there of overcoming overcoming what yourself your excuses you're you're looking for a way out of being responsible you know sometimes that grabs on to people you know they they sometimes people look for a, an open door not to you know and any little excuse will do you know it doesn't even have to make sense but you know any little excuse will do because they're looking for a way out people who aren't looking for a way out you can tell them well you know you don't have to do this today or you don't have to do that today or whatever whatever and they look at you and shrug their shoulders and keep doing what they're doing because they have a determination to do it people who aren't determined though will you know any excuse will do well it's raining out well it's not raining out well it's just sun just came up well it didn't come up yeah whatever and so you you have to watch that that when you determine in you that you purpose in your heart you do what you say you're going to do in your heart because if you don't do that you'll never appreciate the faithfulness of God see there's something about what you imitate you appreciate see and you'll never be able to really understand that you can trust God because you don't understand what it means to step into that arena and do that yourself. You know, get in there and, and plow and sow and all of those things. You know, I, 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 I look at people sometime over a period of years and I can see people who were never faithful or not faithful down the road. You know, a lot of times people start out, you know, they have to be encouraged and they have to be taught and all that kind of stuff. But after a while, they're on their own. It's them that's driving driving the horse after a while, you know. And, and so uh, you have to look at that and see that there were seeds planted there and they've taken root. But then there's some people that never get it inside of them, you know, to to 
be faithful to something or to someone or to uh, some principle or some cause or some you know something that pushes them and drives them to to keep doing it no matter what you know no matter what and so that's what God and see they'll never really see God as being faithful see you'll be a little haphazard in trusting God because it's not really incorporated into who you are so you don't appreciate it so many times what we imitate is what we appreciate you know you want to be that person that is said about you uh, I can count on that person you know that person's going to be there they're going to be faithful they're consistent no matter what happens in their life they will be there I remember Pastor Shirley with <laughs> poor Cece had, had his uh, health challenge he went over to his mommy's house yeah. where you gotta go to get your healing I guess he went to get his healing I guess but uh, <laughs> she was said I can't stay here with him I gotta go to empowerment you know what I'm saying <laughs> The one empowerment meeting I missed was after uh, Aubrey had had his lung surgery. And I was really praying about it. I said, God, I never missed one of these before. I looked over there at my poor husband. I said, oh, that's not a good witness. And I go, you know, I mean, you know, you work with it. it but when you have that in your heart to do these things, you don't. Had it not been for somebody, let me put it to you this way. When he died, I I missed about four weeks because God told me to take it off because I wasn't helping anybody, you know, in the condition I was in. But I didn't want to. I wanted. I would prefer to have kept going. You got me. So you do these things with God's permission, and God understands, and you know, He's okay. Well. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but you need to get yourself healed. But as soon as that time was up, I knew it was time for me to to start going again. You know, that kind of stuff. So that was for me. See, that was the time he told me to take for me. The time I, I took before was not for me. It was for my relationship with somebody else. You know, it was for them, really. And so you're still giving and you're still serving, but you have to serve in a different direction now because something else that you're responsible for needs your attention right here and right now. And so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. And I think it was more for a witness uh, for my husband to see that God isn't cheating him out of anything with me doing what I need to do there was something God needed to show him through that so that that so that that could be done and so these are are things where in in you can let it go you have the grace to do what you need to do and still feel that you're being faithful to what God wants you to do because you let him call the shots and you didn't decide well I need to go do this for me because I'm tired you got me there's a big difference there you got to do it with God's permission and he calls the shots and he has to let you know what you need you need to do what you need to do and so you 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 have to do these things so it's it's very very important that we obey God and not try to determine our own way all the time so many times when you've sown into a situation or sown into it's like it's a like a marriage 
You know, I tell people don't be so quick to walk off and leave somebody because you're not getting what you want out of them right now. You know, that's your continual feel that you have to sow into. That's your continual place that you draw from, your harvest from, all of that. That that relationship, you have to sow into that because if you bankrupt it, there won't be anything left and I think that's the problem a lot of times people are trying to withdraw when they haven't made any deposits yet and you certainly haven't left it in there for any length of time for it to grow you know everybody's looking to extract what they want from a situation in a hurry you know Uh, you have to look at relationships as being long term you you can't get dissatisfied uh, with someone that you've made a commitment to because they don't you know float your boat right now or you know they little struggle or they having struggles or I didn't know it's gonna be all that just keep staying there yeah how long have you been married <laughs> you haven't crossed a you haven't crossed a medium line yet my goodness <laughs> wait till they get real funny on you hmm. Them brother just a little funny. They get funnier. So you know, stay in there. You know, get a better saddle. Get a you know, get some you know, whatever. But you stay right on in there. You <laughs> tighten your stirrups. <laughs> right. And then the devil gets involved. You know, and start telling the brother all kind of wicked stuff to do, and just oh no, stay right on in there, stay in there. So you know, but you can't extract more than you than you have coming to you. It makes you a thief. This is the problem with relationships. There, you know, people are stealing and don't mind stealing. They have no conscience about you know, you know, stealing. As young girls get involved with a boy and get a baby and get a check from the government, and it's a, it's a theft, you know. And that's there's nothing that's going to work right with a bad foundation, you know. It's not only is it immoral and never sanctioned by God, but there's a theft involved there. See, there's always and there's always going to be some striving over it because it's taken illegally. See? It's taken. It's not. It's not granted. It's taken, and so we have to be very careful about that. But commitment and consistency will take care of the thief in us. We'll 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 know that we are commanded to stay and tend whatever it is that we sow. And you gotta stay there and take care of that. Whatever it is that you create must be tended and cared for. And not only that, but it continues to grow season after season after season. And so it is a lifetime commitment. And God is really trying to teach us that. And there are benefits and rewards to lifetime commitment. People are looking for reward too soon or harvest too soon out of things before they you know really give it some time and give it some work you know you you have to understand that that's the very very necessary it's very necessary and you'll be more content knowing that you are you're sowing for for the lifetime and only good is going to come out of this 
relationship that you're sowing into or ministry or church that you're sowing into or whatever it is you're giving into only good's going to come from it it's you get more out of a, a situation if you give in more than one area say for instance if you if you say you're involved in a church and you're involved in a ministry if you give in more than one area you know some people give their offering and they're satisfied you know they've done their what's what they should do but if you give your time you know if even if they don't have organized prayer if you can find out what the prayer needs are give some time in prayer into that uh, give some time in service into that you know sometimes in large con- congregations you kind of have to wait in line to be able to serve or do anything or whatever but you know get in there and try and do what you can do because you'll get more out of your time spent there if you give in more than one area yeah. now we don't have any problem with getting people to give in more than one area here uh, because we are the foundation of things and, and we have to get things done but say for instance a ministry that you only send send finances to see if you think about it you're only going to get what your finances bring to you because you can't get in there and work for them and work in their meetings or do anything like that that's why we always would would attempt to if we knew a healing ministry was coming or a larger ministry and they needed people to help we would always volunteer to help so that you can get maximum benefit out of that relationship with them because you're you're sowing more into that and really the laborers are the ones who receive of the anointing and that's really what you want you want the goods you, you just want to don't want to be on the outside looking in all the time uh, but sometimes it's structured to, so that many people cannot get under that you know um, and so people like more Cirillo they're very comfortable apostles are very comfortable with drawing a lot of people under under their umbrella and so they'll come into a city have a local church you know take over the the groundwork and all that kind of stuff and and then people can come under the influence of that anointing and they can function more uh, to a higher capacity in everything that they do and so that's always a good thing if you can but if you're in a situation the more that you can sow into it and the more areas you can sow into the greater is the benefit that you'll get from that if you sow your labor into there you'll get more if you can sow whatever you can sow into you get a whole lot more you know sometimes it's just good to buy tapes because you paid for that and you can get that teaching if you but sometimes people try to go over and above that and get some extraordinary blessing and it doesn't come to them because they're not it's not completed you know that what needs to be done to get what you're trying to extract like people say well you know the anointing that's on me will come on you and it never does see you have to that anointing doesn't belong to them or their ministry it belongs to God so God calls the shots for how you're anointed you don't a minister can't even tell you that no now we can release certain benefits to you based on what God says you're entitled to have you know prophets reward works all the time in a prophet's ministry but but you have to believe that and sow into that and sow the way God tells you and to stay faithful in some ways you know under that thing to receive of that and so but but know that 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 ability 
to uh, have that continual blessing is there. Now, I don't understand people who can't get bills paid and they're in a prophetic ministry. It's already in you to how to put that to work. I think a lot of times they don't want to do it. You know, they don't want to do what's now. Boy, I got to do that again. So the answer is always there. They just don't want to activate the answer. So, so we were talking about the tilling of the land. Really, when we talked about the God putting a rain for man, we said from our reading that it was important in that culture in the Middle East for them to wait for the rain. You must wait on the rain. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. I was I started talking about the different instruments necessary for the um, for the plowing of the land. But to wait for the rain is a very important concept because I think this is probably where people get confused about how God's word works and where they might start making a kind of a a faithless confession instead of waiting for uh, that word to have faith on it and have enough uh, impact so that it can be planted so it can bring forth a harvest. So waiting on the rain really means waiting on that rhema word from God that comes into your heart that develops your answer your prayer now we've got a lot of words on the inside of us I'm not talking about words that you would use in just a general fashion to help your life for instance if the enemy puts pain on you then you can rebuke that with a rhema that's already in your heart I mean you've used it a, a zillion times you know any any healing scripture that comes into your mind those are rhema words that are already embedded in your heart Okay, so what has happened is that there has been an effect the Holy Spirit really is the rain that's your spiritual rain so the Holy Spirit really softens your heart so that the word gets in there if he doesn't do that then that word sits maybe in your soul or in your head or somewhere like that and when it's spoken out it does not have the divine life on it that will cause it to be planted and bring the right harvest so this waiting on the rain concept is real important meditation actually forces that word to find a residence in your heart what you meditate on is something that you have captured because it's been given to you as an answer by God so for instance if if you've got a problem uh, with your your work situation and and, you know they want to you know take something out of your paycheck or give you some time off or you know you've been falsely accused of something or somebody wants to give you some trouble there what's in your heart is what will come out in those times when you're challenged and if you don't get a word from God that gives you victory in that then you can wait on God 
to form that on the inside of you as a response by meditation. Sometimes you say for instance you come to the altar and you you don't really have an answer and God gives you an answer at the altar. Well you can capture that word. That's your rhema. And you can meditate on that until it makes sense to you. Or you can plant it as an answer in your prayers and then continue to meditate on it and it gets stronger in you. The way you know if it's if it's really in there or not is that if it eliminates your difficulty the first time it's spoken. If it eliminates your difficulty the first time it's spoken, then it's 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 uh, ripe enough and it's fertile enough to take care of the problem. If that problem persists, then you keep meditating on it. See, this is what people don't do. I tell you most people don't because they'll if it doesn't move within a certain amount of time we give up on it and we don't think it's going to work. We walk away from and we never get a victory because we don't understand the process or we don't we don't understand what perseverance means. And we're not accepting the process as being part of the process. Whatever the process is is what it is. And so very often what you're doing is exercising your spiritual muscle against that force that is much bigger than what you have right now so that you can increase the strength of that word in you. The Bible says if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed you will say to this mountain be removed. So many times your words will sound like very very skinny little wimpy words in opposition to that great big thing that's out there trying to take your house, take your car, take your life, take your security, take your sanity, take everything with it and use by his stripes I am healed. Hmm. Well when, when they said Lord increase our faith he meant for you keep saying it. Huh? Let us not add wimp to our resume. Huh? You keep saying it. Why not? What are you going to say other than that? Huh? You got something different you want to tell the devil? Huh? You keep telling them the same thing. It is written. Hmm? It's written. This is what God has written down about me. What you're saying about me is not written. It's temporary. Anything written is permanent. Anything not written is temporary. So waiting on the rain is waiting on this rhema from God. This word that's spoken to your heart that he's planted in there. It's either already planted or he needs to plant it afresh. Sometimes people walk away from their strength in the word. And it has to be revived in them. So the rhema is the God breathed word that triggers your goal. Often with that rhema you see yourself in that place that that rhema speaks of. So you see yourself. If you were healthy and whole before this attack you see yourself as healthy and whole. Again. Because that rhema will trigger something for you to aim for. So that when it comes you'll know that you made it. 
So the husbandman always envisions the harvest. If he looks at the plow and the field that's empty and waiting on the way. If he looks at all the work. He'll never get it done. But if he envisions the harvest and has the harvest in his heart. The vision of the harvest is what motivates you to get the, the grunt work done. The confessing the word and the living with the symptom and, and watching it diminish a little bit by at a little bit or it may all leave at one time. You just never know. And so when you when you understand this process that it's a, a process of sowing, planting and harvesting. It's sowing, planting and harvesting. You don't know what season your harvest is going to come in. The Bible talks about a time when the plowman will overtake the reaper. Well, before you can even get it sown, it'll show up and manifest. You don't know when that'll happen. Don't get upset if it doesn't happen right away. You just keep working with it. So the husbandman is one who is faithful and envisions the harvest. Your harvest is the joy that's set before you. And that causes you to endure the labor of tilling the soil. Rain is what causes the ground to take the seed. So the Holy Spirit pours his presence and his power on your heart. And will cause your heart to take the seed. And it will begin to grow. Until it overgrows all your doubt. It overgrows all your fear. It overgrows everything else. So when it's overgrown on the inside of you. And you start speaking from that. Then it will manifest on the outside of you. It has to. You have to give it a chance to take over. Hmm? You, you, you can't languish in fear of these things. Because what what's happening is fear is causing its own harvest in you. And you've got to outgrow that, you know. It's like when I was looking I was looking out in my uh, yard the other day and uh, everything's growing good and bad. So we have these horrible looking, you know, I mean these weeds have like razor edges on them. I've never seen weeds like this before. And, and you know, they're just growing everywhere. And so I made the decision. I said, well, this is the day for the end of the weeds, period. And, you know, instead of going out and picking a couple and sweating and, oh, I just can't do this anymore. and got to call somebody. You know, you make a decision. And so I envisioned having all of those weeds gone. I looked at them long enough and I decided that at the end of what I did that day, they would not be there anymore. And so that's what you have to do when you're dealing with things that oppose you in real life. That you give them and at the end of a certain period of time they won't be there. So you you have to envision yourself overcoming and you have to envision yourself with whatever it is that God has promised you. You can't envision yourself compromised and so you'll have to fight fear to get rid of that. You can't let fear rule you because it's still growing. 
See, it's not, you can't just have fear and let this thing go out of fear. If you let it go, you let a promise of God go because you're afraid, you're going to let something else go because that fear is still growing. You got me? Is you got to kill one in order to let the other live. They can't both live at the same time. And see, we don't see it that way. We just see, well, you know, that wasn't that important. Or I didn't have any choice. Or, you know, whatever excuse we make for not taking that stand and making that thing bow. And see, if that fear is never dealt with and you don't start letting the seed of the word get in there to overcome that fear it's going to come in something else see it's going to it's got shoots and roots and all kinds of it pops up popped up in this thing it's going to pop up in something else until you confront it and make it die to God's word we need to want to see victory you need to get tired of just compromising with the devil and with the system that the earth has here and just you know make and do and all of this stuff you need to want to see victory many times if there is a loss of something there must be if you ever took a stand on the word there must be a partial victory in you somewhere and if you keep drawing from that, it will manifest in that promise. You got me. You may not. It may not have come through 100% this time. But if you're still holding on to that promise, it will manifest at some point. You know, it's going to have to. For instance, somebody looking for a job, and you know you got to pay bills. The only job that's open to you is not your ideal job that's paying what you wanted to pay. Well, if you take that and keep believing for something that you want, that other thing will come. If it's of God. If it's of God. Now there are sometimes people just want stuff and they never put it before the Lord. They're like hiding it from God. You know, I want it, but I ain't telling telling God about it. He don't want me to have nothing. He's going to take it from me. As soon as he find out I'm praying about it, he's going to take it from me. That's the way they act. You see, this is the way people act. Because they don't keep that before God is something that, well, God, this is something I, I want. If it's not for me or if it's not for me right now. See, we think that's unbelief. But that's really worship. And reverence. That's laying it at his altar. So that he can say. I've granted this to you. Or I haven't. You know we think everything is just. We just plucking stuff off trees. When we go shopping for God. And all that kind of stuff. You can't do that. These things have to be granted to you. By his word and by faith. And planted in you. In that word in faith. So very often we want things and the rhemas never come to us. Why? Because we've been uh, wanting it anyway. Never ask God if we should have it. Never ask God if this is a season for it. If he wants us to have it now. We don't do that. Many people think prayer is deciding what you want and then getting God to co-sign it. How can you get a rhema from God for something you never presented to him? Is this your will for me right now? What do you want me to do with my life? How am I? How am I doing? <laughs> you know, give me a give me a, an update here. <laughs> What's on the agenda for right now? 
So, so uh, anyway, the rain causes the ground to take the seed and causes it to begin to grow. The rain breaks down that protective coating that's around the seed. And that coat protects the life-giving contents. This is a principle across the board. Plant life, animal life is all the same, same kind of mechanism. The seed, God gave everything with seed in it that reproduces after its own kind. Human kind, animal kind, plant kind, all them kinds. He put seed in the earth. What causes that seed to grow into what God wants it to be is the rain. Rain has to be shed on it. Rain really is God's permission to go forth in that thing. You can't do it without the spirit of Christ in operation on it. So if Jesus is operating, if he's in your heart, he's there working to produce the harvest that God has for you. And it can't be done just by wanting stuff and not letting it be granted by God through the rhema word. This this is what will cause people to miss things forever. Because they their their wants. Let me tell you how how sometimes this will happen. If something seems to keep getting away from you, there's something about loss and something about theft that gets in people and makes them wanna. It's got to demand it. It's got to come back to me. You know, devil's always stealing from me, and it's never really submitted to God. For restitution. See when these things happen. They have to. The request has to be placed on a holy altar. So that God's restitution process. Can can go into effect. I remember a, a person that, that I knew. Uh, from another church. That you know we we. Uh, were were part of for a, a brief period of time. This gentleman had spent some time in prison, and God had delivered him from that. He got saved in jail. You know, he had a couple of aunts and grandmas praying for him for years. You know, he got saved in jail, and God, you know, got him up for parole and and let him out. He went into the ministry, and but is he just always had this thing in him somewhere? That wanted to get back all those years that were taken from him. Now God says what? He'll restore it. You you don't restore anything. And you know he wound up back in prison again. Got himself into it. It took some years. But the enemy threw that. That vanity of wanting vengeance on your own terms. See that's all it was was vengeance. It was it had nothing to do with property, family, anything like that that was stolen. You know God will restore all of that. But there was something in him that was angry. 
you know and let's face it he was the one to participate in stealing himself I mean it wasn't like he didn't he he didn't have his own cooperation in the process but see the enemy can get into any situation in life and make us driven to to correct these things on our own terms and you'll wind up stepping into a snare of the enemy and you'll never get victory in that thing you'll never get victory and so if we do not present these things to God and understand that he must when you're waiting on the rain you're waiting on a rhema from God to, to give the green light to go ahead that it's time to fit that in your life right now See, it's not time to fit everything into your life all at one time so uh, it's like young people wanting to get married well God has a time for that in your life where it fit perfectly you know number one start picking up the clothes off off the floor because the brother he got for you he ain't gonna like that I mean there is a part that we can be you know you can be tilling your own soil helping yourself out a little taste learn something about being a wife I've found that most women these days are interested in careers and jobs and somebody going to have to take care of that husband and kids that house they're going to just going to have to be taken care of now so what are we going to do about that you know they, there's too much uh, uh, grabbing at things and you know when when you know young people back in the day you just knew one day you get married and have kids you know that that was kind of a given for men and women you know so you knew one day Pete repeat and three Pete would come along or however many Pete y'all decide to have don't do what the Duggars do come on now you <laughs> 20 Pete and counting Pete you know they're real arrogant about it and counting you know okay excuse me (laughs) you know I mean come on now let's (laughs) let's be real here but anyway you know I just really think it's it's the parents responsibility to rear the children not the other children's just a thought you know that'll backfire at some point you know make little kids anxious you ever seen little kids that have had uh, say like uh, adult parents that they had to kind of rear and help they're very nervous they have a lot of neurotic problems and anxieties and you don't know that that little child they have to take care of when they're just barely you know a child themselves you don't know that that's causing them anxiety you see what I'm saying you don't know what it's doing to them so we don't know the whole story until those children get to be adults a little bit more so but anyway I mean back in the day where you know you had a big farm and everybody had to work you did with because the child mortality rate was so high people had a lot of children because a lot of them died very young there's a lot of illness and all of that in the last I would say last century it hasn't been as bad but um, you know you just you know that many children in a in a household is very unusual and unique and may have some unique problems to go with it so 
Unless it's 100% God. You know what I'm saying? But I still think those children are the parents' responsibility. Not the other children. So <clears throat> anyway. But the you know it's, it's good to. And, and see a way that you can prepare the soil of your heart. Is when the rhema comes in. The rhema will start to get you to do some things. To prepare for that promise to come into your life. I just believe that. So when the rhema starts to work on the inside of you, you'll find yourself doing things to prepare for that answer or that blessing to come into your life. You know, there, there may be things on a natural, natural level. You know, uh, I can remember God speaking to women in the ministry to send. Uh, Father's Day cards to dads that that they were estranged from, maybe divorced from, or something like that, and it tended to open things up a little bit. I mean, it didn't just stop there. There was uh, a reconciliation process started. It didn't happen overnight, but that seed began to burst something open in the relationship that had been dormant for years. You got me. So there is some preparation for the promise. That comes. There's preparation for the harvest. The farmer starts to build a silo. He starts to build a barn to keep his harvest in. He'll he'll begin to speak with other farmers about the the season. He feels his harvest will be ripe, and I'm going to need extra help. You know, they all kind of did that communal farming thing, where they would go from farm to farm and help one another get in their harvest because that harvest was important to everybody and then see that was where you really started to see yourself as a part of a larger picture and not just involved in your own life because you would be afraid to not consider precious to another person what was precious to you so you didn't want to sow that seed. So if a farmer said, well, uh, my harvest is going to come in and, and it looks ripe now and I'm thinking Thursday. Uh, and you say, well, you know what, I think I can help you because mine isn't coming in until next Tuesday, I don't think. Well, you didn't preserve your energy and bypass the opportunity to sow some labor into his harvest. Because what's going to happen with yours? You might get stuck. So they never did that. They never violated the the sanctity of the harvest and how precious that was to the one who was who owned the land because he had to get all of his in before it rotted out there on the on the uh, vine and so that process is very important to sow labor into someone else's field when it's necessary so there's your law of intercession coming in there. See what you make happen for someone else. God will make happen for you. Mm-hmm. The the uh, midwives in Egypt. Women were midwives either because they were uh, past the age of childbearing, or if if they did it as a regular profession, it was because they were barren and had no children, and so they were employed that way. And so the Bible says that when uh, Pharaoh gave the command for all the Hebrew children to be killed, and, and you know, you know, like that, like they do with with our laws here, 
you know late term abortions and all that kind of stuff and see it's not new it's been around before it's come back in again and but it's going back out again you got me because we're going to have some some midwives who are going to stand up and say we're not going to put up with this nonsense but the thing of it was that when when uh, they went and they told the the officers of Pharaoh well they had the baby before we got here you know this baby was born and they knew it was live we couldn't smother it or something like that before it was born and so uh, they allowed them to live and the Bible says that they started having their own children all of a sudden their fertility came you see me so what you sow into somebody else's something that's precious to them you know I'm not talking about just giving people your leftovers and wanting to give them a lot of religious rhetoric and goofy advice but find something that's precious to them that you can sow into and God will make it happen for you so the seed is the product of a ripened egg or ovule or fruit and it contains the genetic material so it has to break open before that promise will come forth so there's no way you can just take the word of God and start spitting it out like a parrot and expect it to come to pass see that word has to and this is what differentiates the Christian from the new ager that's just listening to a lot of Tony Robbins tapes and psyching himself out that he can do this too that only works on a a very rare few number of people but this word works on everybody if you follow this process you meditate and let that rhema become ripe in you and continue to meditate on it just because it didn't happen yet you don't quit on it you continue to meditate on that and that genetic material of the promise is on the inside of that seed until you let the rain of the Holy Spirit germinate on it long enough to break that open on the inside of you. See that's your breakthrough. That's your breakthrough. When it breaks forth on the inside of you. And you won't be able to contain it because then is where the harvest is going to start. So the seed contains <coughs> nutrients within it for that promise so as much as you let the Holy Spirit rain on it through meditation it's going to be fed and fed and fed and fed and fed that protective coat protects your your promise from coming to pass prematurely in your life that's why it has to be worked on by the rain that's why sometimes people can know God's going to do something years before it ever happens and they just keep serving God and then it will come up in their life because it's it's been but they've got to hold on to it and let the Holy Spirit continue to rain on it when when you start getting thoughts that it won't happen you have to cast those down and, and grab it back again you got to protect it like that and so this is a very important process of, of uh, making sure that that seed continues to grow on the inside it has it doesn't grow on its own unfortunately like uh, say for instance a, a woman that's uh, pregnant you know that is as long as you're alive pretty much and can eat a little bit 
you know uh, babies take what they want first God's made that <laughs> their blood system so it's like like a little vacuum it takes all the nutrient it one it takes whether the mom, mother's on crack whether she eats every day whether whatever you know they, they that's a survival system that that um, is hard to outdo and so the, the but but the word of god is really not like that it has your will and your voluntary cooperation has to be involved at all times because that you can cut off the nutrient to that promise any time you just stop wanting it stop praying now god will continue to remind you that seeds in there and it needs to be fed and you know so you can harvest it and so you know sometimes god will get it by accident you know you'll accidentally step up and <laughs> confess something or ask for something or you get in the spirit get to praying in tongues and, and you start to prophesying and, and worshiping God and, and he'll get it from you you know if he really wants it in the earth he'll make sure it happens so you don't have to be concerned oh, I'm saying that to put you your mind at ease about sometimes people are concerned that God doesn't want them to have things you know that business of God's a taker not a giver he's not like that so when it's time for that he'll put it on your heart either to talk about it more think about it more prepare more confess more meditate more in the word find more scripture to support it that kind of thing but he'll make sure that seed comes to maturity so it's it's best if you quit fighting what God's trying to plant on the inside of you mm-hmm. so rain will help coat that protective outer shed you know that shell that's on there you quit protecting your heart from God let God have his way on the inside of you so that outer shell will loosen and dissolve and the nutrients will penetrate that seed and that seed will increase you you ever see pictures of um uh, embryos when they're just getting started and you see a bunch of cells multiplying and then it gets to be a big ball of cells and they start to take shape of the different component parts of that it's a process that's hard to stop it's hard to stop that once it gets started water always causes increase in growth of the seed the water of the Holy Spirit will never drown your seed like natural water will mm-hmm. Natural water sometimes will cause a well what what really causes it to increase can kill it in excess mm-hmm. but with the word of, with the water of the Holy Spirit, that's not true. So the rain must come to make the soil ready for the seed in religion. The person attempts to jump over this step of meditation. I'll just, you know, confess it and it'll happen or, you know, make it so. God said, you know, and that makes it so. Well, God said the whole Bible, but that don't make it so for you. You got me? It's a process. So when you wait on that rain, that's very important to the process. Grabbing onto it and meditating 
and keeping your your seed exposed to the rain that's very important and keep your heart exposed to the rain in other words if you walk in the spirit and don't get over in the flesh where there's doubt and there's uh, you know competing ideas failure thoughts of failure fears and all that kind of stuff if you walk in the spirit and stay away from that area then that causes the the uh, watering to be strengthened mm-hmm. you, you just stay under the rain so to speak you stay under the cloud if you keep yourself under the cloud then everything that you need for growth the conditions are good that's why people have trained themselves to walk in the spirit and walk in the spirit of God always have fertile ideas they always have visions they always have ideas of success and completion they're never uh, doubtful about what God will do they're never stumped about you know that kind of thing and not that they're not challenged in some ways but they're they have an easy way to receive uh, strength and, and all of those things from God so it's very very important to keep yourself under the cloud of God's spirit your meditation is extremely important to keep you under that cloud if you can keep your mind from wandering off of God's promise and wondering why this happened how am I going to get it why did this happen to me who's going to help me all those questions he answered all of them is God God's going to help you God's going to talk to you he's, he's your strength and your stay he's all of those things so you, you know your answer is always going to be the same you got to go to God for these things but if you can keep doubt and, and fear and fainting the sense to want to give up out of your out of your mind then you'll be able to to uh, accomplish these things be able to accomplish so there are things sometimes too that are reserved for us in God for certain seasons in our life and only he knows that so part of waiting on the rain is staying under the cloud to examine to see what things God is bringing into your life now so being in the rain increases your vision of the field if you're out where the, the the rain is happening, you'll be able to see how much land you have to till, what kind of promise you might get, what kind of harvest you might get. All of that's very important to increase your hope and your encouragement and all of those things. You know, you you keep your heart ripe for the planting of God's word when you stay under the rain. Man. So waiting for it really means meditating. You got me? You 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 have to keep that before the Lord and let and meditate in what his answer would be to you and know that that answer will come just like the the uh the husbandman knows the rain comes every season it they say the season was anywhere from october uh to november but sometimes if it didn't show up till february you couldn't plant anything till the rain came so it's a good lesson to understand and you'd waste all of that seed in a dry field if you didn't wait for the rain to come to make that ground fertile but the rain always comes it always comes it always comes to the expectant farmer it always came to the Hebrew 
especially the Hebrew who was a tither. That's something that's extremely important for us to understand the connection between our honoring God with the first fruits of the last harvest and what's going to happen in the next one. It's very important. And so if we can keep the dots connected in our mind and our hearts, then we'll be consistent in our sowing consistent because the the farmer never took a year off well under Hebrew law every seventh year the the ground was to lay dormant but because they had so much stored up from the past six years they could live off of it for a year so they had a year that they didn't have to do anything just live off of that was to rest from their labors but still as they were resting in that seventh year they were connected with God so then God began to give them plans for the next harvest. A greater harvest. How to improve the harvest. How to uh, get more out of their labor. How to do different things. If somebody's field came up for sale or something like that. You know that was the year that transactions were made. So that you could enlarge the border of your tent. And expect more from God. So that seventh year was very important. It wasn't just a year where you bummed around you know you hitchhiked to California and you know lived off the land for (laughs) it was a year any year in God any time spent in God is productive time whether you're laboring with your hands or you're you're fellowshipping meditating anything like that it's 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 good good time uh to make plans for the following year so if you had a year off from physical labor and you could spend time uh discussing better ways of harvesting with neighbors all that kind of stuff there was a fellowship time there that was invaluable and God planned all of it so that he could give greater increase to all of his people greater increase that's what he always has in mind never a diminishing always an increase and so if we'll remember that I think it'd be easier to God always has that in mind folks he's he's not a taker he's a giver trust me it's a greater greater increase than we could ever know because we're we're doing it according to his principles of the harvest and husbandry we we understand how this works now and so if you have time to spend you spend it meditating in the word hiding the word in your heart keeping that stay under the rain stay under worship Get out from under doubt and fear and bad speaking and bad confessing and confessing lack and confessing what you don't have and all your own plans and all that. Just forget about it and uh, allow that word to start taking root in you more and more. And trust me that harvest will come. It will come. It can't fail. It will never fail. We'll stop. Father in heaven thank you for giving us understanding of your ways your word and how the harvest works and what we're doing when we confess the word what we're doing when we meditate on the word what we're doing when the word leaps off the page and we receive that rhema word from you father just help us to understand your ways greater and greater we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up and i'll pray for you